All right. What's going on, everybody? Keith Niebuhr with Auburn Undercover, and this is the Auburn Undercover Podcast. I'm joined by a legend in the Auburn market, Jason Caldwell, my coworker at 24-7 Sports, Auburn 24-7, Auburn Undercover, Inside the Auburn Tigers. We've got a lot of different names, but uh, all under the same umbrella, which is 24-7 Sports in the Auburn market. We've got a lot to talk about. We're going we're gonna to be pretty quick, though. Um, good info on basketball recruiting, some stuff about football recruiting, and then we're going to wrap it up by talking to Jason a little bit about a series he's uh, put out the last week, uh, one-on-one interview with Andy Burcham, the voice of the Auburn Tigers. So we start off, though, Jason, with basketball recruiting, and it's funny, you know, we write basketball stories now, and they get more traffic a lot of the time than the football stories that we write, the football recruiting. That's how big basketball recruiting has gotten this market. And uh, there's been some news recently. J.D. Davidson, uh, one of the top young players in the country, Davison, I should say. I always get that, put that extra D in there. J.D. Davison, five-star point guard from Calhoun High School in state, released his top ten recently. Uh, a couple of weeks ago via Twitter, Auburn, Alabama, Arkansas, Florida, Florida State, Georgia, Kansas, Louisville, LSU, and Memphis. And Jason, we're going to uh, break this down into two parts here with him. One, what kind of chance might Auburn have? And two, what do we think of him as a player? So first of all, as a player, you've seen him in person more than once. What is J.D. Davidson, Davison, the 6'3", 175-pound, 2021 point guard? What does he bring to the table? Yeah, I've, pro- I've probably seen him play about as much as anybody has, um, considering he's you know camped at Auburn a couple of times. Uh, I went to his high school and watched him play last season. I saw him play in a regional game. So I, I've seen him several times. And the thing, explosiveness is the first thing. He is a great ball handler, the guy that's continued to improve his shooting. And then that's the thing about him. He's a guy that is, is kind of reminds me of John Wall when he came to Kentucky. He's a guy that wasn't necessarily a scoring point guard like a Russell Westbrook. He's a guy that was a facilitator, rebound, block shots, how to do all those things. And so you look at J.D., and I think he's just a complete basketball player, but he's continued to improve his shooting. I mean, he won a state championship last year on, on, a, on a knockdown three when he ran the clock out and, and knocked down a three at the end of the buzzer. Um, so I think as he continued to improve, and he's a guy that I've been talking about for a couple of years now, I think he's a guy that absolutely is a five-star just because of the, the, the upside that he's going to have as well. Don't you love winners, though? I know, you know, the bulk of what I do is football recruiting, and you look at the, the quarterback commit right now, Demetrius Davis, and the guy's 37-2 and two in high school with two state championships. And here you go, J.D. Davison, five-star point guard, but a winner. Um, and that just seems so translatable, especially when a guy has elite talent, because you want to see that elite heart, that elite hustle. Um, being elite isn't just uh, built on one thing. It's built on many things. Uh, Jason, J.D. Davison, though, he's got that top ten. You know, and Auburn's going to have a small class in twenty in the 2021 group. Uh, we don't know what the number's going to be yet. There's, you know, it's going to be based on attrition and some other things. But does Auburn have a shot? And, and if so, what do you think? I mean, it's, it's you know, he's got a lot of schools after him right now. Yeah, I, I think Auburn is, is definitely in the mix because of just the, the, the longevity they've been in there. He, he, I think it was uh, the summer of 2018, two summers ago, that he, uh, he camped came to Auburn. He was already a guy that was starting to come on a little bit then. Um, and so he's been camped a couple of times at Auburn team camp uh, and made a couple of visits to games. Um, when I was there last year to watch them play a game, Wes Flanagan was there to watch him in person. So they've made him a priority. He's been, he's been one of their top guys for quite a while. And so I think Auburn is definitely in the mix, but like I said, he's blown up. He's blown up about as much yeah. as anybody 
and you see it in basketball and you talked about you know basketball recruiting getting so much attention when you were able to focus on fewer guys because you know football recruiting heck we could do a hundred stories on guys that that potentially could be parts of class if you do it two years in advance um basketball there's not as many guys and so these name these guys become more of a household name all right another five star in that 2021 class as a kid you've also talked to uh, Jabari Smith, uh, 6'10", 210-pound power forward, you know, post-player dynamo from uh, Tyrone, Georgia, Sandy Creek High, which, you know, obviously has had some great football players through the years and, and guys that Auburn fans would be familiar with. But he's a number five recruit in the country in the industry-generated 24-7 sports composite for 2021. Yeah, Alabama, Georgia, Georgia Tech. Yeah, a lot of the big schools in the South, a lot of big national programs are all schools that Auburn's going to have to battle for him. And obviously, again, it's going to be a small class, but this is an elite talent. Uh, doesn't mean you're just going to start processing guys, but he's certainly a guy that Auburn's tracking. And, and Jason, he's a guy that's visited Auburn a few times. Yeah, and I think the the, the biggest competition for him in the end might be LSU. That's where his dad played. Um, so he's, he's, he's one of those guys very familiar with the Southeastern Conference. But, you know, they live, like I said, Tyrone, Georgia now. You start talking about – you know, between Auburn and Atlanta, it's not too far away from here. Um, been a lot of guys that have played. You're right. It's become. It's been a football school. Markwell Harrell, the the most recent guy. Um, you know, Josh Holsey, a couple of those guys from Sandy Creek. But you know, this is a basketball guy. And you're right. He is. He's another one of those guys. Kind of reminds me of JD a little bit. In that he might not go out there and score 35, but he impacts the game in every phase: blocking shots, rebounding, running the floor. Um, to me, I think it'd be a great fit for what Bruce Pearl and his staff want to do. Now, Jason, I don't want to, I don't want to be that guy that corrects you, but I, I, I do think we should, you know, we got to be, when we hear somebody say something, we got to correct them on the, uh, on the show. I think, didn't Mark Harrell go to Creekside? That's right. You're, 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 you're right. Hey, I get those, I, it's, okay, just Sandy checking. Creek, same I, thing. You're right. Yeah, I get those two mixed up all the, t- all the time. Yes. But, yeah, uh, yeah. Both, but, both uh, Creekside but, guys, right. but it's been a, yeah, it's been a football school. I know, no doubt about it. In fact, I saw Deshaun uh, Watson of all people play a playoff game there. If my memory's correct, I think I did. Uh, but anyway, listen, at the 2022 class, Auburn's already working on Jason. And, uh, yeah. and, and Jason, by the way, when I talk, I'm going to make 10 times as many mistakes as you. So please correct me. Okay. Oh, I, well, I, stop, me. Stop, stop me from going wild. But in the 2022 basketball class that you talk about West Flanagan, he's recruiting two guys that I've seen play in person over in the Atlanta area. They both play at Marietta Kell. One of them is Scoot Henderson. Uh, some people call him Scooter, a uh, 6'2", 170 pounds, 6'2", 170 uh, point guard at Marietta Kell, number three point guard in the country for 2022. That makes him number one in Georgia and number 16 in the country. And then one of his teammates at Kell, a kid named Joyful Hawkins, who's a six feet eight, 205 pound power forward. You know, you mentioned LSU a little while ago, and you and I both grew up on 80s SEC basketball. This kid's built like the old Nikita Wilson who played in the post at LSU, long and lean and uh, very dynamic player as well. And Auburn's very much in the mix with these guys. Joyful Hawkins, unlike Scoot Henderson, is not ranked. Again, Scoot's a five-star, his teammate. But Joyful Hawkins, the post player at 6'8", he's not yet ranked, but he has a lot of offers. And I'll give you four of them, Auburn, Texas Tech, Xavier, and Georgia. That's a pretty good starting point right there. I mean, obviously, Xavier basketball school, Texas Tech, just played for the national championship uh, back in 2019, losing to Virginia in the finals. But Auburn leading and probably leading big for Joyful Hawkins, among other schools also involved. He said Memphis is coming on strong, Ole Miss as well. But Auburn in very good position with him. Long and lean, uh, 
gosh, an athletic defender on the perimeter can do a little, little bit of everything, still getting better, communicates with the Tigers a lot. His, uh, his family's close with, uh, with the staff as well. So Auburn in good shape early with Joyful Hawkins, who told me that he plans on making a decision probably sometime next year. But right now, Auburn's going to be tough to beat. He's visited the Tigers multiple times. Now, Scoot Henderson, we both have seen perform. Uh, I got to tell you, uh, Jason, this guy, this dynamic five-star point guard from Cal High School in Marietta, Georgia, uh, he's about as smooth of uh, a young player as you're ever going to find. Yeah, and, you know, he's a little bit longer than, than you know, the Jared Harper and, and Sharif right. Cooper guys that Auburn has recruited the last couple of years at 6'2". Yeah, really good player. And, you know, you start talking about basketball recruiting and, and – you know, we're talking about 2022, so we're talking about two years in advance. Guys are going to be juniors in high school. And, you know, you mentioned those two guys. You know, Barry Dunning, a kid in the state of Alabama, is a guy that, that Auburn has, 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 you know, recruited very hard already and made up a lot of ground with and doing some good things. I did a story on Nick Smith, a kid from Arkansas the other day. I mean, you know, there's some, some names that people are already familiar with, even in 2022, and these are two of those guys. But, you know, you're right. Scoot Henderson, that's a guy right there that could be – next in line to, to kind of run the show and if your program uh, needs that point guard. Yeah, and I think Auburn feels like it's in pretty good shape with him. I mean, it's, it's early, uh, but, you know, Wes Flanagan's built a great relationship with Scoot, the, the young man told me. And then uh, he said that his father is very close with Bruce Pearl. I mean, that's, that's what you're looking for. You're, you're, you know, that's the great thing about those basketball staffs. They, you've only got a handful of guys, and they can really put the time and get invested in, in a player and their family. Uh, so a little bit of Auburn basketball recruiting there. And before we talk football recruiting, Jason, I just want to uh, say that we've got to go do an ad real quick. We've got to pay the bills. We'll be back in just a few moments. All right, and we're back. And, Jason, we're going to talk about three recruits here. Uh, because they've all been in the news lately, or at least the, the, the recruiting news. And one of them is Amarius Mims. He's a five-star offensive tackle uh, from Bleckley County, Georgia, just down, down in the middle of the state, down just east of uh, Macon, if you know where Macon is. And, uh, you know, top 15 national recruit, actually top 10 national recruit. He checks in at number six in the country, number two offensive tackle. And he's going to now announce his college decision on August 15th. That's a move up of two months. It was going to be in October, Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, and then uh, Auburn, uh, really the four teams that, that he talks about the most. The crystal ball greatly favors Georgia. A few months ago, he named Alabama his leader. Clemson not getting a ton of talk right now, not a ton of chatter. Uh, mainly because they've made seems like they've locked in on a few other guys a little bit more than him. Um, but then you've got Auburn. And uh, here's what he told 24-7 Sports Steve Wiltfong this weekend or over the weekend about this, um, this decision and, and what it means for Auburn. And he says, quote, I, I felt them from when I went on my first visit. Auburn is a good school. I know if I went to Auburn, I'd have a better chance of playing early. They don't have any top-rated tackles. I love the home feeling at Auburn. So, Jason, he really touched on two things here that give Auburn a fighting chance. And you've talked to some sources, and I'll let you uh, tell the listeners what they said. But playing time, that's kind of been what the word is behind the scenes. This guy wants to play early, start early. Uh, and then also, where does he feel at home? And so you've got both of those things at Auburn, and yet most people still think Georgia's going to be tough to beat, even though the Bulldogs, quite frankly, have just recruited on the offensive line, lights out, uh, really since Kirby Smart got there. First with Sam Pittman as the offensive line coach, and now with Matt Luke. But 
you know, you, again, you've talked to some people uh, within the program and, and uh, sources that say what, Jason? Yeah, I think, I think that home feeling is really important. He's a guy from a small town. Um, I think that's something that, that really plays into Auburn's favor there. Hey, hey he, was, he was one of the last guys that was on Auburn's campus before everything kind of shut down and came over to a basketball game and hung out with Jack Bedell Jr. And so that bond, even though you know, he hasn't been on the Auburn staff a long time, they were able to kind of hang out a couple of times. I think that's really important that they got to know each other and just kind of start that bond a little bit. They've been able to do more of that now through Zoom and, and FaceTime, all those things. But I think, uh, I think Auburn, that still small town feel is something that could work in their favor. Well, and, and you know, here, here's the thing. Uh, at the end of the day, people, and I, I, I'm one of them, and I think you are too, that George is probably going to be tough to beat. Uh, there's just too much chatter there. And he has visited the Bulldogs more than anyone. However, he has been to Auburn three times since the Iron Bowl, uh, including the Iron Bowl, once for that game, where he went really as an Alabama fan and ended up kind of being having his eyes open a little bit to, to Auburn. And then he's been back twice since then, went to two basketball games. Loves watching Auburn basketball. Love, loves a good basketball game. And, and I think the staff is sort of mixed on this one. I mean, they're all putting their best foot forward hoping for the best. Some of them feel like, hey, you know, Auburn's really in it. And others think that maybe it's going to be a similar situation to the Broderick Jones deal last year, the five-star who flirted with Auburn for weeks and weeks and weeks and then finally did, in fact, stick with his commitment to Georgia. Now, Marius has not committed anywhere, but some people are getting that feeling. So that's going to be a difficult one. But now also over the weekend, Jason, Smile Mondin, who's really just an outstanding prospect from Dallas, Georgia, Paulding County. He named a top five. And as soon as I can open this story, I'm going to tell you what that, what that top five is. Uh, but Auburn's in it. And Auburn, Auburn isn't just in that top five. They're really in deep in this recruitment. The five, Auburn, Florida, Georgia, LSU, and Tennessee. And again, this is another one as a kid in the state of Georgia in the metro Atlanta area that Georgia leads for big in the 247 sports crystal ball. And while the dogs are certainly a major player in this, I don't think it's a slam dunk by any stretch. And we have to remind people that earlier this year, Georgia was the crystal ball favorite for Barrett Carter, a four-star linebacker in the Metro Atlanta area who ended up picking Clemson and Auburn was second. Georgia wasn't even in his top two after having been a prohibitive favorite for, for some time in the crystal ball. So, Auburn's certainly in it with Smile Mond, and the relationship with Travis Williams is really the big deal here, Travis Williams being Auburn's linebackers coach. Those two are super tight. Uh, Tennessee also right up there. Florida's trying to make a move. I don't see LSU as being a huge threat right now. We really think it's probably going to come down to Auburn, Georgia, and Tennessee. Some people view Tennessee as Georgia's biggest threat. Some people think Auburn is. Some people think Auburn and Tennessee may even be ahead of Georgia right now. So there's a lot of uh, mixed uh, intel out there, but we continue to hear that Georgia feels pretty good. But Jason, I've talked to some people that think Auburn thinks that they have a legitimate shot to land this five-star talent. Yeah, I think you look at, at what Travis Williams has done, and, and I think he's done a great job of targeting two or three top guys in every class and, and making those guys a priority early on. And Smile Mund has been one of those guys for him for, a, for quite a while. And you look at him – the fit that he he would he brings to the table in Auburn's defense, 6'3", 220, a guy that can run, cover a lot of ground, can play in space. And you got to be able to do that to play nowadays. And so I think he's a guy that that they've targeted um, and, and put you know, right up there at the top of the board on their linebacker group. And uh, you're right. I, you know, this one, um, lots of people feel good. And normally when that's the case, uh, you know, it's going to be uh, – it's going to be wild and woolly to see how this thing finishes up. 
Yeah, and people, a few things people want to know. When might he make a decision? You know, it could still be this summer, maybe. Some people think it's going to go later than that now. Initially, it was going to be in June. He just wasn't ready. He kind of wanted to take more visits. But, you know, Jason, the dead period's been extended through the month of August. I mean, when is somebody going to take a visit? I, I don't I don't think yeah. there's any doubt. You know, th- there might not be visits at all this year, Jason. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it it's changed the timeline. Uh, you know, when this thing first started, we thought, and it was going to be, it's going to slow everybody down. And instead, everybody, it sped everybody up. Everybody started committing more and more because they really were able to focus more on recruiting and didn't have anything else to do. Um, now, if, you, if you're not, if you're looking at going, man, I may not be able to take any visits at all, you might as well go ahead and, and narrow it down and start making decisions. So I wouldn't be surprised to see some of these top guys here before if their season starts and, and there's like, well, look, we may not be able to visit places. We're going to play football and then go home and that's it they might start to, uh, to, to knock some of these top guys off the board. You know, I've actually had a couple of kids tell me uh, that the, the virtual visits have been really more productive than an actual in-person visit because you're forced to focus. You're sitting by the computer with some family members and they're going through all this stuff on the other end. You got to sit there and watch it. You got to pay attention. So, uh, you know, whereas as sometimes, look, I don't think anything beats anything in person, but but maybe for some kids, <laughs> it could be advantageous. Sometimes when you go on a visit, you're just kind of looking all around and not really looking all around. I mean, you're, 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 see, you're not really seeing things, but uh, you're seeing things without seeing things. But anyway, one more football player, Jason, we're going to talk about uh, in this edition of the Auburn Undercover Podcast is Cameron Kinchins, four-star safety out of one of my favorite schools in the country when it comes to producing talent. Man, Miami Northwestern, the Bulls. I mean, you're talking about a program that – one year back, gosh, about 20 years ago, sent about almost 10 guys from one senior class uh, to the University in, of Miami. I mean, you I know. was in Florida at that time living in Tampa, and I remember watching, you know, the, the Soul Bowl on TV, Miami Northwestern, Miami Jackson. You had, you know, Vernon Carey playing offensive tackle. Mm, yeah. And, um, you know, you had a, a wide receiver that went to Pittsburgh and was really good. I, the name escapes me right now, but he was good. You had, you know, running back DB at Pitt. They had, Man, there was so much talent in that game. And, of course, you had the Doomer Bills from Miami Jackson. Oh, so, yeah. yeah that, is a, that was a loaded area, and, uh, and it still is with the Northwestern team. Well, Cameron Kinchin's a big-time player, uh, number 20 safety in the country, and he's going to announce July 11th. And, and if my math is correct uh, and calendar skills are correct, that's Saturday. So, Saturday, this Saturday at noon Eastern time, he plans – now, things could, could change – uh, he's told me he's 99% sure it's going to be this Saturday. Saturday noon Eastern time on Twitter, Cameron Kenshins is going to announce his college choice. It's down to, uh, to Miami and Auburn. And Miami feels apparently pretty good right now, okay? Uh, and, you know, it's a, a local kid, and they've got a lot of things working for, for them in their favor. Uh, the fact that he is a local kid never seems to hurt. Um, you know, Ed Reed, one of the great safeties of all time now, works for the University of Miami program. One of Miami's on-the-field coaches right now, Stephen Field, used to be an assistant at Northwestern, if my memory's correct. Uh, one of his teammates is committed to, to, uh, to Miami right now, a receiver named Romello Brinson. So a lot of things working in Miami's favor. However, we continue to hear that Auburn thinks they got a good shot, and, and some people think a really good shot. So he may be giving good vibes to both schools, which can make it tricky. And again, the South Florida kids have been known to do that before, but Auburn feels good. So why do they feel like, why do people at Auburn feel like they've got a real shot with Cameron Kinchins? And by the way, neither of us have put in a crystal ball pick. Our Miami guys have picks into Miami 
And we don't have any picks in yet, Jason. You know, obviously we're still digging here. But why might Auburn feel like, hey, this could, this could happen? Well, one, he may have already told them. We don't know. But, but really the big thing is that uh, playing time. He looks at the, the secondary and sees that Smoke Mundy and Jamie and Sherwood, the two back-end safeties, aren't going to be with the, the Tigers much longer. These are guys that are going to be headed to greener pastures, maybe even after this upcoming season. And also, he says, Keith, I'm a, I'm a quiet guy. I'm not a go-out guy. I'm a, you know, just a, I go to class and I go to football practice and I play games and I don't do all that other stuff. And he said that he and his parents found that environment at Auburn, the quiet, small-town environment, to be appealing. So we will see. It's a clash of, you know, two, two schools that play in different conferences that uh, have different things to offer. And it's, uh, it's going to be quite uh, a battle here down the stretch. And, and it really could go either way, we think. But, Jason, you've, you've watched some of Cameron Kinchin's film. If Auburn were to land him, and, again, I think it's still 50-50, but what would Auburn be getting in Cameron Kinchin's? Yeah, the first thing is a playmaker. You watch him. I mean, I had 10 interceptions last year. Um, he goes and gets the football, um, and and big hitter covers a ton of ground. He he really reminds me a lot of Junior Rosegreen when Junior came out of Dillard, another one of those guys from down that area. And um, because he's a guy that just makes plays, you you watch him, yeah, uh, cover ground, instincts, all those things are there. And uh, yeah, you start talking about maybe he's not six three two twenty, but if you start talking about just football players and guys that go out and do things. There are not many more in, in, in this class in the secondary that do more than Cameron Kitchens does on the field. All right. I do not have a prediction. I, I don't know what to think. I, you know, we talk to people every day, and I just – you know, you're always a little concerned for Auburn when the people in the guy's hometown think it, it, it's going to be the hometown team. But I will throw in this. Steve Wiltfong, our director of recruiting, national director of recruiting with 24-7 Sports, as of just a couple of days ago, his main source on this story is still telling him to watch out for Auburn, that they think Auburn leads. So we'll see. So you know, are they building up suspense? I, you know, I don't know, but uh, it really could go either way. And, and I would say that if Auburn does not land him, there are other prospects out there. Amari Harvey, uh, four-star safety from Tallahassee, extremely high on Auburn. And by the way, if I could backtrack for a second, same thing with Smile Mondin. I mean, obviously you want to land the five-star linebacker, but this is a cycle where Auburn may only sign one linebacker. So the Auburn Tigers can be very selective here. If you don't land a smile Mondin at linebacker, you can kind of uh, pump the brakes a little bit, go reevaluate, go up and down your board again, maybe then target some guys committed to other schools. So there's a lot of possibilities there. All right. Finally, Jason, we're going to wrap things up. You've had a series. I think you've run two parts. I hope I didn't miss any uh, with Andy Burcham, the voice of the Auburn Tigers, uh, a guy you've known for many, many years. And we want to plug that a little bit, but uh uh, first of all, how many parts remaining do you have and what will be covered in the remaining parts? And then I'm going to ask you a couple of questions about your sit-down interview with Andy. Yeah, yeah, no, um, me and Andy have known each other for a little over 20 years now. Um, and, yeah, there's be a, a, you know, three or four parts remaining. Um, you know, I talked to him, uh, you know, a couple of interesting things I think people will like is, is one, talk to him about calling a football game in Jordan-Hare Stadium now. Um, as we've talked about, people know, you know, the press box has been moved to the corner of the end zone. So how difficult is it when, hey, you got to be boom, boom, boom. You know, people, while they see TV, well, TV's still sitting in midfield. They're, they're sitting at the 50. Well, you're calling a radio broadcast game from the corner of an end zone and the ball's on the other 15-yard line. It's, it's sometimes going to be difficult. So talk to him about that. Talk to him about that first Iron Bowl. Um, also talk to him about working with Bruce Pearl and then, you know, talk to him about some baseball as well. So have 
a few parts still remaining. Hopefully people are enjoying it. And uh, just kind of wanted to give people a, a feel for who Andy is and, you know, some background on him and kind of his thoughts on, on kind of taking over this role. So hopefully people enjoy it. Well, obviously, Jason, you and I both know Mary Carrillo of HBO Real Sports, who did that fantastic feature on Andy and his family uh, last fall. And you've known him for a long time. How do you feel like he's adjusted to this, this new reality of his life and, and having kids? Rod's kids are now his kids. And yeah, how's, he, how's he holding up? I think he's – I think, you know, he and Jan are both doing really well. I think it's uh, – uh, you know, it's kind of like we talked about in the first episode. Every day is a, maybe a different day, a new day. But, um, you know, never been parents before. And, hey, I, I'm, I'm right there with them. I, you know, I've got a three-year-old and never, never been a parent before. And so – I think every day you learn a little something different. Um, as Andy said, they're they're not taking the place of Rod and Paula. They're kind of there to to help guide and to to look out for and, and protect you know protect you know protect them. And so I think that's the biggest goal for them. But I think they're doing well. I think they're enjoying it, and uh, just kind of taking it day by day. Jason, you're one of those guys that that not only know Andy, but you knew Rod Rod, Rod Bramblett, excuse me, really well. Um, how much pressure has Andy put on himself to try to live up to Rod's standard? I mean, is it just does does he not do that? Does he does he is it just naturally going to happen? And yeah, how, how do you think he's handling that pressure of succeeding somebody that was as well known and had so many well known calls as Rod? And obviously, Rod had to do the same thing back at one time. Uh, so, how do you think he's handled things? Yeah, I think I think the fact that the, you know that those were. You know, they were the best friends. You know, they they were together on the road doing baseball games for 25 years. Um, so the, I think Andy knew exactly what Rod had to do when he took over for Jim Fife, uh, which was be himself. And you try to you try to incorporate you know yourself into the call, do those things, and um, and and still kind of pay homage to the guy before you. I think Andy's kind of done the same thing, knowing that hey, you got to be yourself, even though um, there's some things you'll do the same. There's things you'll do different as well. You know, uh, gosh, Jason, you and I have known so many assistant football coaches through the years, and most of these guys are good guys and, and across all sports. And then some of them, when they become head coaches, change. And all of a sudden, <laughs> they don't seem to be the good guys anymore. They just uh, – I don't know what happens. There's this, like uh, – uh, is it Bruce Banner? Like an incredible whole transformation where they go from being great guys to just different human beings in a sense. Have you seen any changes with Andy? Still the same guy? Still the same guy, absolutely. Uh, you know, still have you know get a get a text message or a phone call every once in a while. Uh, you know, before the, all this stuff uh, hit, uh, we're able to go out to eat a couple of times here, there. So, yeah, I haven't seen any change other than um, the job itself and uh, and some of the responsibilities. But no, he's a uh, he's still the same guy, and I think that's uh, that's what's great about Andy. That's who he's always been. All right, last thing, and I, I can't remember whether you touched on this in, in any of the parts so far, but how are Rod's kids doing? I think everybody wants to know that more than anything else. Doing good. You know, Shelby is, uh, you know, she is, you know, older now. And uh, I think, you know, she's she's kind of moved into a different stage now. I think, uh, you know, be a little older now. Um, you, know, you know, Josh is, is still in high school, um, still dealing with, you know, kind of everything that goes on. And so he's got a job and and do a little bit of that. So I think it's, uh, you know, again, like everybody else, I think for them, you know, you, it's now been a little over a year, which it, it seems hard to, to believe that it's, that it's been, you know, a year, but in some, some ways it seems like it was five years ago, but I think they're doing good. And, uh, and like I said, every day for them, I think is, is, is a, a learning a new phase. 
All right, Jason, great job. I should, uh, yeah, I was going to say that'll do it for the Auburn Undercover podcast with Keith Niebuhr, but that really, you did all the work this time. So for Jason Caldwell, I am Keith Niebuhr. This is the Auburn Undercover, Auburn 24-7, Inside the Auburn Tigers podcast. We thank everybody for stopping by. We'll do it again soon. Take care, everybody.